Hey, Pastor Doug. Thank your rifle. <laughs> You're taking it from me. Hey, look, good morning, everyone. So good to see you. Hey, I love this body. And I, I just love the body of Christ. I, I do, I do, I do. And uh, I'm glad I am here this morning. Wasn't worship great today? Praise God, man. That was awesome. Mm, mm. So good, so good. I want to share something here out of the book of Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul is really referring to the body. Uh, that's all of us and all the, all the other churches in Richmond and beyond Richmond and everywhere. But he says this, he says, I therefore the prisoner, this is in chapter 4, verse 1, if you have your Bibles or your, your iPhones with you this morning, and no phone calling today, okay? Um, but you can look on your Bible app. It says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. You know, if he's, if he's encouraging us to walk worthy of the calling, it means we all have a calling. Amen? He didn't, he didn't say everyone but, but he says, he, he says, I beseech you, everyone, that he is, he's writing to the church in Ephesus. He says that, and that I, I walk, I, I, you know, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness or being humility and gentleness with long-suffering, being gentle and patient with others, and bearing one another in love. It's really powerful instructions, I tell you. And he goes on and he talks about the body, how we are to be unified, that we are one. <clears throat> There's not one more important than the other. You know, the doesn't matter anything. God says that if you are in me, he says, man, I have got such an amazing plan for you. Such an amazing plan for you to walk out. And when, when you begin to realize that, and yet it begins to grow on the inside of you, that God has something special for you to affect other people's lives, to affect them with the gospel, with the, with the amazing things, the, the good news, what God has done in your life, I tell you, it's a thrill. It really is. It's a thrill. There's nothing like being able to pour out all that you've been receiving, all that you've been getting out of the Word, all that you've been, as your time before the Lord or whatever, be able to, to pour that out into another life and see something marvelous happen in their life. It is amazing. It is amazing. There's a quote by Graham Cook that I used last week. I want to pull that up again. It says that God sees you in a very special and particular way. He calls you to rise up to his vision and perception of you. He calls you to rise up. Hey, Jason, is that slide there, buddy? Okay. All right. I, I don't want to have to fire you this morning, okay? All right? <laughs> All right. A little mercy for Jason. Okay. I know they're trying to figure out what in the world's going on with our computer system back there and everything. There we go. God sees you in a very special and particular way. I don't know. This, this series may turn into a week three, uh, how we're going this morning. God sees you in a very special and particular way. He calls you to rise up to his vision. Isn't that great? That our responsibility is to rise up into what God calls us into 
and the perception that he has of us. I want to tell you, and that's where it's tough, isn't it? We talked last week of examples in the Bible. Jeremiah, the amazing prophet, one of the greatest prophets that was ever raised up in, in Israel, thought he was too young. When God called him, he said, I'm just a boy. You know, I, I'm not qualified. God said, don't say that you're just a boy. God says, my perception of you is that you're a prophet. Doesn't matter what age you are. You're a prophet, and you're going to grow up into that, and I'm going to prepare you, and I'm going to give you the words to say, and I'm going to show you where to go where you, and where you need to go. But he says, don't say that I'm only this. He's, God says, listen, listen. He says, grab hold of what I am talking, what I'm saying about you, the perception that I have for you. And I tell you, that is such a, a major shift that we all have to walk. Because most of the time when God calls us and we sense something or an opportunity or a mission from God, we never feel like we're ready. Never feel like we're ready. Jeremiah said he was too young. Abram said, how can I be a father to, to many nations but I don't have a son? And there's no possibility my wife is going to get pregnant. She's too old and I'm too old. But how many of you know that Abraham became a father to the nations? God's perception of talent and Abram, Abram, one day your children are going to be like the stars in the sky, going to be that many, like all the little pebbles on the seashore, that many. How many of you know that it's coming true, isn't it? And it continues to come true every day, every day, as people come into Christ Jesus, they become a part of Abraham's heritage, his legacy. So Abram said, it's, it's impossible you know, call somebody else that has a bunch of kids or whatever. I'm not going to be able to help you with that. But God says, listen, I can handle it. I can handle it. That's my perception of you. That's the what I've called you into. Gideon said, listen, I'm, I'm so insignificant. My family is the least in all the tribes. And I am the least in my family. You know, I am not able to be the mighty warrior that you've just come to me and told me that, you, that I'm going to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Midianites. So just, but there had to be a shift that took place. You know, it had to be a shift that took place, and he began to believe God. Joshua said, I, I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to lead the children of Israel into the promised land to defeat the giants. Now, he was a mighty warrior, but something, he came into another level after Moses died, came into another level that just like, I can't do this. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? That you, you've served him at a, a certain capacity or you've done things at a certain capacity or whatever. You feel like, okay, I can handle this now. And that's when God says, you've done a great job. Now, Kelsey, I know exactly what you're thinking right now. You're laughing about there. But, but he, drink, he, he, he causes you to rise up to another place, and you're like, oh, God, I can't do this. It's impossible. And God says, watch what I'll do. Watch what I'll do. I know that over a year or so ago, God led Kelsey and Rob into a situation of adopting a young Young, young man, and, and it looked like an impossible situation for them to be able to do that, to handle him. But I want to tell you, I was over at their house this past, uh, had some wonderful lasagna with them 
taking care of me when my wife is gone and uh, getting tired of grilled cheese sandwiches. And so, um, but they, they fed a wonderful meal. But just to, to, to look at Brian and to see what God is doing in that young man, that when he came to him, all he would do is make animal noises. I mean, he was, I mean, it was just <laughs> crazy stuff. But, but man, they, they rose up. They rose up with a lot of fear, a lot of hesitation. But they said, God, if you said it, we're going to trust you. And it's been a year process of trust, hasn't it, guys? Well, I tell you, I'm proud of you. Man, you are affecting a life. You have, we have no idea what God is going to do through that little young man, through Brian. God's going to touch and heal his body, heal the, heal his kidneys and everything. And God's going to do amazing things through Brian. I have no doubt. Have no doubt. Praise God. Praise God. But you know, there's always something that when God says, I want you to do this. There's always something, some excuse that enters into our mind that the enemy puts there. You know, being a young man that had a, a very bad speech impediment and that stigma kind of went with me all the way through junior high, all the way through high school, into college, always fearful of standing up in front of anybody, afraid that I would mess up, afraid that I would stumble on a word or whatever, disqualifying myself, just feeling, feeling like, well, this is kind of how it is and it, this will always follow me. This will always follow me. No matter how many years of therapy I went through, that in my mind, I felt like I'm incapable of doing this. And when God begins to put on my heart that I've called you to, to stand up, to teach, to preach, to exhort, it's just like, God, you have really messed up this time. And I tried to convince him. I tried to convince God. God, I just, I'll stumble over words. I'll mispronounce things. I can't figure out how to pronounce certain words or whatever. I just stumble on that. That stigma was so strong in my mind, in my inner man. But I want to tell you, God didn't, just like when he said, Jeremiah, don't say that you're just a boy. God said to me, Doug, don't say that you can't, can't talk. So it was, just, it was every time trusting him, being scared to death, getting in front of anybody, you know. But God helped me. God enabled me. God empowered me. And um, so I, I, I'm still amazed that I get to do this. I'm still amazed that, it, that God has this for me. So I want to just quickly hear, because the difficulty is for each one of us. We've been talking a lot about, you know, what, what is it that God's put within you? What is it that God has, has said? This, this has to shine. This thing inside of you, and it has to shine, my friend. You know, it's got to come out. And what is it? And, and, that, and that coming to that place of saying, okay, God, I'm going to rise up into the calling. I'm going to rise up into what you're thinking about me. And I want to share with you a few things this morning that I just, from my own life, just kind of learned of going through the process of taking the courage to, to rise up. And hopefully it will be helpful this morning in the, the last three hours that we have together here. So, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. 
Just isn't it wonderful? In God, there is no time. It's timeless. It's timeless. Isn't that wonderful? We need, we need to change, don't we? Okay, hallelujah. Okay, keys of rising up to God's visit. Jason, this is starting in uh, slide number seven, okay? And then from there on, it will be just one right after the other. There we go. Ephesians chapter 2. The first thing that we have to do, we, begin to, we need to begin to see ourselves, think about ourselves, and talk about ourselves the way that God does. If we can do that one thing, wow, what a change it will bring forth in your life. If you can begin to see yourself, think about yourself, and talk about yourself the way that God does, wow, it, it just removes all hurdles, doesn't it? And what happens is that we removes the hurdles, what happens is that you touch people. You're able to minister to people. You're able to, to bring the good news into the lives of others. And, and, and it's, there's, there's nothing like seeing a person turn their life to Christ, see a person to get healed of something in their life, whether it's the, on the, the inside or it's in their body or whatever. It's amazing. It is amazing. I think this weekend, the conference that we're having of Transformed by the Father's Love with the Jacksons, every one of us, need, we need to be here. We do. Because what is going to be communicated from them to us is how God really sees you, what God thinks about you. I just want to tell you, all the excuses doesn't hold water with God at all. Because <laughs> I have tried every excuse in the book. In the past 30 years of ministry, trying to convince God why I should not be the one doing this particular thing. And it never convinces God. God says, listen, he says, I want to change you. I want to transform you, Doug. I want you to begin to see yourself, think about yourself, talk about yourself the way that I do. And when we begin to do that, it's a life-changing thing. God sees you as a new creation. God sees you as righteous. In his eyes. God sees you as his child. You belong to him. He, you're a joint heir. You're a king and priest. You're blessed, prosperous, and healthy. And you're more than a conqueror. All of those things. I want you to look at here Ephesians 2.10. I love this, this verse. It says that, for we are his workmanship. Isn't that wonderful? That we are his. We belong to him. We are his workmanship. Trying to open my phone here. It says, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know that, that phrase, in Christ Jesus? Do you realize that in the epistles that it is recorded over 150 times, that one phrase? Can't you imagine if, that there's a reason why in Paul writing the letters that he wrote? to the Galatians, to the Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the, the people at Colossae. Can you imagine that? He wrote, he made sure that that passage being in Christ was so vital, so important, that he wrote it over 150 times to get that message across. Because being in him, there are no impossibilities. All things are possible. All things are possible when we're in him. I want to I share this verse again in the Amplified. It just, wow, it just pops it 
out even greater. It says this, for we are, we are God's own handiwork. That's what workmanship means, his handiwork. God has taken great care, great care in how he has made you. You're unlike anybody else. Nobody else can step into your shoes and do what you can do. Really nobody. Because he has created us all different in that way. Isn't that wonderful? There, so there's no excuse of saying, God, somebody else can do a better job. No, God said, no, I've created you. You're my handiwork. I have gift, I've so craft, I have crafted the things within you, the giftings, the anointing, the talents, the abilities, your personality, everything for this thing right here, for this thing that you have been created for. I love that. For we are God's own. We belong to him, own handiwork. Recreated in Christ Jesus. It says born anew. So it doesn't matter what our life was beforehand, before Christ. That doesn't keep you from what God wants you to do. Isn't that wonderful to know that? It doesn't matter what mistake. It doesn't matter what failure. It doesn't matter what anything. It doesn't matter. Because God says that when you've come, when I've come into your life, I have recreated everything on the inside of you to be able to do this certain thing, to walk this certain path. It says that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us. I like this. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them. And I really like this. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. There is nothing like doing that which God has called you to do. There's no greater joy. No greater joy. I love people. If you're around me anytime, I, that's just the way God made me. I've always been that way. And there's, nothing, there's no greater joy to then be able to sit down with someone and just talk with them, hear about their life, laugh with them, be able to let them know how, much, how greatly they're loved. Now, I enjoy getting up here and sharing on Sunday mornings, and, you know, I enjoy leading our church with, with uh, Pastor Rifle, Pastor Jason, our Tim, others, our elders, David, how come all us being a team doing this together? But I tell you, but when I'm able to spend 15, 30 minutes with you, John. Just sit down and just tell me what's going on and be able to pray with you and talk with you. I tell you, there is no greater joy. There really is. That's what God's called me. I I know that I'm a pastor. I know that if you squeeze me, pastor juice comes out. I don't know what it looks like, but it comes out everywhere. (laughs) I can do some evangelism. I can do some teaching, but I tell you, when I get to pastor and I get to be be who God has called me to be, I am a happy boy. I love doing that. I do. So walking in the things that God has prepared for you, living the good life, it says. I love that. I am living the good life. Hallelujah. I wrote this down, talking about being in Christ. Living a successful Christian life is not your responsibility. But it's your response to being in Christ. 
Sometimes we, we boil this all down to what, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? And it's not about your doing, but it's about your being. Because I say, if it's all about your doing, you're going you're gonna to hit the wall when you fail. And you're going to disqualify yourself. But if it's about your being and that you're in Christ, I tell you, happy day. It never changes. It never changes. I love that. Hallelujah. All right. Second thing that I have learned again and again and again is to disconnect yourself from the memories of past failures, past mistakes, past sins, past negative experiences. Just get out, get away from your past. The enemy wants to keep you trapped, chained to your past. I love this in Philippians 3.13. This should be the next slide, Jason. But one thing I do, this is the amplified version. One thing I do, one thing Jason does. Okay, there you go. One thing I do, <laughs> one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. I like that. It is the one thing that, that just is inside of me is forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now, I was thinking about, of all people, Paul wrote this. You think Paul had a little bit of experience of what he was talking about? Paul, the man that arrested Christians, had them put to death, helped in that process, said that when Stephen was stoned to death, Paul was there holding everybody else's garments so that they could stone Stephen to death. Can you imagine Paul, if, if a man had a past that haunted him, it would have been Paul. Been with Paul. But Paul says this, my one aspiration, my one thing that I concentrate on. And I'm sure for him, it was probably a process. I'm sure the enemy again and again tried to bring back, just look what you did. Just look what you did, Paul. You took the lives of believers. You robbed them of their calling. The very man that talks about the calling of God, you robbed them of that. So I'm sure Paul struggled in this area. And I believe that's one reason why he wrote and reminded others. But one thing that I do, I've learned to do, is my one aspiration for getting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You need to understand that in Christ, your sins, your mistakes have no power over you. The only power that has over you is when you come out of agreement with God and you come into agreement with the enemy. And when you come into agreement with the enemy, he has power then in your life. And he utilizes that mistake, that sin, whatever it is, to hold you, to tie you to that place. So because of that, you think about that, you meditate on that, and it holds you back. How can I ever do this because I did this? But you need to know that in Christ, sin has no power over you. That when you when we come and we repent of our ways, and we repent of our sin, we repent of our mistakes, we say, God, that I am choosing to take a different path. I'm choosing to go a different way, Father, by your grace. I am choosing to do that. I want to tell you, I love this. In Isaiah 118, it says that he cleanses our sins as white as snow. Psalm 103 says he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. It means that they will 
They will never be significant again in our life. He casts them behind his back, Isaiah 38, 17 says. He blots them out forevermore, Isaiah 43, 25. It says in Hebrews 10, 17, God says, your sins, I don't remember them. Never, 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 never. I don't know what you're saying when you bring them up again to me. I don't understand. It makes no sense to me. I don't remember. I have forgiven them. I have forgotten them. How he does that, I don't know. Maybe it's because he's God. God of perfect love. And perfect love says, listen, I'm never going to show this up to you again. Your mistake here. I'm never going to remind you again of how goofed up you were and how messed up you were. I'm never going to say, well, I tried to tell you, but you didn't listen to me. So look at this. Look at this picture. Perfect love says, I don't remember. I don't remember. Because God doesn't remember that sin, that mistake that you have repented of has no power in your life. So forget those things which are behind. When God calls you into something, you say, God, I, you know, I, I, I was so embarrassed. I could, you know, when I, when I did this, that, or whatever it is, I could never be that. God, I could never be the man, the woman of God, you know, and walk in, walk in uprightness before you because of what I've done. God says, I, 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 don't, I don't remember it. I don't. I don't know why you are trying to remember it. You know, who have you agreed with? Who have you agreed with? And the greatest thing is that he forgives and cleanses us by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. Amen. A couple other quick things here. Don't compare yourself with other people because you're not them. They're not you. You know, allow someone's walk to inspire you, to help you or whatever, but don't compare yourself to other people because you will always come on the short end of the stick. Always. Just a, just a reminder, become an ambassador of good words. Become an ambassador of good words. Guard your tongue and what you say about yourself and others. Proverbs 20, eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. Speak these words found in Philippians 4.13. If you're going to speak something, speak this. I love this. It's out of the Amplified Version. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I'm glad I read that because you couldn't read it. (laughs) Is it just shutting down, Jason? It crashed. Okay. (laughs) Don't y'all love uh, technology? Let me just read it again, okay? (laughs) That's all right. It's all right. I have strength for all things in Christ. Say, I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me. I am ready for anything. I am equal to anything. Through him who infuses inner strength into me. Inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That is powerful. Powerful, powerful, powerful. I tell you, we, we've got to retrain what we say. We've got to retrain what we think. 
That's what is called the renewing of the mind. That's what called in the Word of God a renewing of the mind. I tell you, if there's if, if there is anything that I would preach every Sunday on, is the renewing of the mind. It is so important, so vital, and we're all still in a process with that, aren't we? Having our mind renewed. I woke up this morning. I was struggling a bit this morning. I tell you, with Cindy being gone, it's like I lo- I've lost my left arm. I really have. I, I called her yesterday, and I said, baby, I said, pray for me, honey. Pray for me. I said, I miss you. Because I talk to her every day, many times during the day, about what's going on, what's happening in ministry. You know, she shares that weight with me. And I woke up this morning, and I was just, um, just some thoughts were in my mind. I knew that just weren't of God, weren't of God. And I just said, I just said, just again and again, God, I am sufficient. I am fully sufficient in you. I am fully sufficient in you, God. Everything. I lack nothing. I lack nothing because of what you say, what you have promised. I lack nothing. I'll tell you, if you have that attitude, when God comes to you and he says, man, I've got a special mission for you. It may be an impossible mission, but it's a special mission. And you're not going to say, give them all the excuses while you can't. When, if that's on the inside of you, you're going to say, God, I'm ready. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Because I'm in you. I am found in you. I'm in Christ. I'm sufficient in his sufficiency. All right. I'm going to take three more minutes here, and we're going to tie this, this puppy up this morning, okay? A couple of things just encouraging. Select wise friendships. So very important. Yeah, someone be a friend of Chip, okay? Select wise friendships. (laughs) Associate with people that's going to believe in you, build you up, and honor you. (laughs) That's so important. So important. We all have the tendency to isolate ourselves. We, We hit a wall and we just feel like, oh, God, I can't. I can't do that. And we, instead of reaching out to someone and saying, listen, do you believe in, me, believe in me? I think you do, okay? So encourage me, all right? But you need to select, select wise friendships, wise friendships. I like this. This is so very important. Walk uprightly before God. Walk uprightly before God by the grace of God. And when you mess up, get back up and continue that walk. You know, but walk uprightly before God and live a life of honor. There's three things, honor, integrity, and holiness. Honor, because God has honored you, you can honor others. Integrity, because he has, he has recreated you into a different person. And the, the, the inside of you is different. Integrity and holiness, because what he has done. I love this in Psalm 84. I would love for you to see it too, but you can't this morning, but that's okay. I can read it to you. Oh, my goodness. Glory to God. Jason, you're a miracle man. You're a miracle man, man. Come on, buddy. Come on. I love this in Psalm 84. For the Lord is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows grace and favor and glory. Isn't that great? Where does he bestow it? He bestows it on you. 
He doesn't bestow it on a tree or a mountain or a, or a whatever. But the Lord bestows grace and favor and glory on you, which is honor, splendor, and heavenly bliss. Huh? Like that. No good thing will he withhold from you for those who walk uprightly. Amen, amen, amen. Let me encourage you as we end here, keep your mind stayed on him. The enemy will try everything he can to get your mind on everything else and all your problems and circumstances and difficulties of life. As you rise up to your red letter day, as you rise up into God's vision and perception that he has for you, keep your mind stayed upon him. Isaiah 26, 3 said, you will keep him in perfect peace. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. See, Jason, if this will come up, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, he says, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate. Now, that's a, a mouthful, but I tell you, as you begin to do that, it changes your life. It changes your life. I want us to, as we end here, I want us to all stand up, if you would. Jason, the last slide. Let's see if we can get that. There you go. Hallelujah. I want us to declare this this, this morning before we leave, okay? I want us to declare this. And I pray that just... These very simple, basic things that, that has been such a help to me in my life and growth in Christ. And there he is. Hey, buddy. Everybody said, Jason, we love you. I, <laughs> I refuse. I veto that. I veto that. All right. Can we say this together? Just in unison, okay? All righty. I will disregard and reject every thought, concept, idea, counsel, image, or vision that is in any way diminishes, devaluates, demoralizes, depreciates, discredits, or depresses my vision of God's image in me. Amen. Want us to say this one more time. This is so powerful, so powerful. Take a picture. We'll get it on, uh, we'll get uh, Manuel. We'll get it on uh, Facebook, Harvest Happenings, Twitter, whatever. Okay, let's say this again. I will disregard and reject every thought, concept, idea, counsel, image, or vision that in any way diminishes, devaluates, demoralizes, depreciates, discredits, or depresses my vision of God's image in me. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord God. Lord, I just thank you this morning that that which we have said, that which we have voiced, let it become reality in our life, Lord God. Father, we agree with you. We agree with you. As Jeremiah had to agree with you, as Abraham had to agree with you, as Gideon had to agree with you, Joshua, and every person that, that either, as Paul, met his past, 
but he had to move beyond his past and agreed with you about his future. And his past was gone. It was forgiven. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that each of us enable us, help us, Lord God, that we would rise up to the calling, the dream, the vision, the mission, the perception that you have of us. Father, we choose, Lord God, to allow your word of God to define us. We will not allow the world, our past, other people to identify us, but we allow your word, Father, to identify us. Father, I thank you, God, in Jesus' name for transformation and change. God, I thank you that you're getting our hearts ready for this weekend. The Jacksons, Lord God, what a powerful weekend we're going to have. God, how timely it is that you're bringing this right at this moment, at this time, Father. Lord, I bless each person in this room. I bless them, Lord God, with the high calling that God has called each one to. The high calling, whatever it is. I thank you, Father. I bless them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you leave today, if you need prayer today, I want to call our...